2: And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Sklina.
1: And I'm your other host, Matt Sklena.
2: And Matt, if I was going to title this episode, I would say it's Riding in Cars with Realtors, and it's a Netflix series. Because you're, you're driving.
1: I'm driving, and I just watched... Uh, I haven't watched that, that Jerry Seinfeld uh, show since YouTube. It's it's
2: better. It's, it's You know what? It's really good. I just watched the Seth Rogen one. Uh, Seth Rogen is clearly really awkward around jerry seinfeld like he's he's a clearly a super fan hey eh? it's it's almost super hard to watch.
1: nervous yeah. yeah uh but there's some laugh out loud like i don't know eddie murphy was very good the uh, that that's a great show
2: it is i haven't seen the eddie murphy one but
1: yeah the other one that was really funny and i, I was jamie fox i didn't even know I was a fan but man that guy pretty good
2: I, I also I started the Ellen one. I got to go back and uh, and watch that. But oh, uh, I didn't. I
1: haven't seen that one. Overall, yeah.
2: anyway, really like. really great show. Um, how, how's the drive though? Where what do you where where are you? What's going on?
1: Well, we, we yeah. So what what's going on is first off we should say in terms of guests today it's another one starring you and me. We have got a great episode that's five tips for buyers in this market, and by this market we mean August seventh, two thousand nineteen. But I am driving, and I'm not in Vancouver right now. I'm actually headed to the airport to pick up past guest host Peter Stoyagovich to uh, to go to a wedding.
2: And, and Matt, if you really want to timestamp this, you are uh, this is forty years old and four days old. Forty years and That's four right. days old. Happy fortieth, yes. by the way. And, Th- and congratulations! You, yeah.
1: Congratulations
2: on making it this far.
1: Oh yes, yeah. I know. I thought I'd, I I thought I was going to burn out. Twenty-seven. Yeah, I'm surprised.
2: but you chose. <laughs> it, it, you decided it was better to fade away. Yeah, yeah. I went with the <laughs> fade away option. <laughs> yeah, we both. Did. Um, in the process. Yeah. Okay, so you're you're driving up. You're driving in uh, probably down Portage and Maine. You're in Winnipeg right now. You're picking up past guest uh, Pete Stoyakovich. And um, yeah, it 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 should be a great episode here. This is a this is an interesting time in our market, and you know we just had the stats come out. Any thoughts on, right. on the current stats in uh, in this August market and just past well, July? Know,
1: yeah. Any any. My thoughts are actually it was it, July was busy. It was the second busiest month of 2019, and and we have really found uh, at least in our business, and we're talking to to other realtors june and july uh really really is kind of ramped up a little bit and it's interesting i mean we we talked today about uh buying in august of 2019 and august is is traditionally a very slow month but it's interesting july is not traditionally the second busiest month of the year and this year it was and And we've seen an uptick in sales.
2: And it's funny because Toronto saw a huge uptick in the GTA area in July as well. And there are analysts saying that, you know, the fall, you know, without going back to, um, you know, yesteryear, the fall will be the kind of the busier season. Of the market it seems like year.
1: the fall. The fall potentially is going to outperform the spring. That, yes, that's, that's the way it looks right now.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And um, so it, it is. In, it's interesting. It's still a good time for buyers out there. It's a fantastic time for buyers out there. And really, what we're talking about today are how to create your own opportunities, right, in the buying process.
1: That that's exactly it. So maybe we should cut to uh, to you and me hashing
2: out those five tips. Absolutely. So let's cut to it. Five tips for buyers buying in this current market. Okay, Matt, so we're talking about five tips for how buyers can get a deal in this present market. So we're talking about a current market, right? Like the market that we're in right now on August 7th, 2019. If you're paying attention, let's timestamp this this is the market that we're in. This is the world that we're in. And Matt, let's start with number one. Adjust your timelines.
1: Yeah. So the first tip we're going to give today, and Adam, I, I like the idea of time stamping this, but we should say this is these are these are useful tips, I think, across the board. I'm but 202 they are...
2: pounds in this market. <laughs> <laughs> let's wait stamp it too.
1: Yeah, yeah. They're geared they're geared towards today. Okay, August 7th, number one, adjust your timelines if you're buying.
2: Yeah, okay, so let's talk about that, okay? So if you're a buyer in this market, don't think about the one to two-year life cycle, right, for a property. And what you want to be thinking about now is pulling back. Most market cycles are about three to five years. We're obviously in a soft market. You want to buy something that gives you some time to really reach the next uptick in the market, right? So try and get something that's longer term, three to five years, and one of the ways to do that, Matt, is buy something bigger. So, you know, we often have said this on the program, but it, it's it's tricky. If you're like a, a single person and you're, you know, in a relationship that seems like it's getting serious and you want to have kids, maybe don't buy the one bedroom right now. Maybe try and get a two bedroom or a one and den, something that's going to allow you to better weather the storm if the market does not turn around as quickly as we we expect it to, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, you do, well wh- you don't want to be moving through this market too quickly for sure, right? Because right. you got to remember you have property transfer tax on the buy side, there's realtor fees on the sell side. There's there's
2: closing costs there's on both costs,
1: sides. There's closing costs on both sides in which you basically need the market to perform it, in a certain way even just to break even, right? right? So you want you want to be looking at a longer time horizon and I think that's great advice Adam. That, that a larger unit, something that you can grow into that you don't have to move out of within two years if you decide to to start a family, say. That's fantastic advice.
2: And I think that that the real point here is to just be self-critical and try and think realistically about where you're going to be in three to five years. And will this property that you're considering still accommodate your lifestyle at that time?
1: Right. Because the fact is, if it doesn't, and you can't, be somewhat certain. I think if you're that you're not going to need to to sell this within 2 years, you might be better off renting.
2: Yeah, you might be. Absolutely. And and so okay, that's the first component of this adjust your timelines point. But the other thing that we wanted to talk about is adjusting your timelines in terms of the search process. So Right. Now we've been in a market for the last five years, um, you know, a market that's increasing quite dramatically uh, up until in condos up until about last July, um, where people didn't have time. Right, you had to if you saw a property and you liked it, chances are there might be multiple offers. It's, it's going to sell quickly. You have to move. Now we're in a market where the sales ratios are down considerably. It's a much softer market. It is now the time to pull back, reevaluate your situation and take your time.
1: Yeah, I mean, one thing that that is worth noting is we're listings are up twenty percent from last July, right. So there, there's more inventory on the market. Time is definitely on your side. Uh, even if you like a listing, it's worth pulling back. And waiting a week or two, because chances are like we're seeing the one to two out of 10 properties selling right now. Chances are that listing is still going to be available two, three weeks from now. And especially in a month like August, the stuff that's been listed has likely been listed at least since July or June. You're going to be able to use that time on your side To negotiate a better deal.
2: Right. And, and, and we should say, I mean, and this speaks to a future point, but you know, stuff is still moving if it's priced correctly and you have to be conscious of that, but this is the market. And I think the, the broader point here is be willing to write offers, be willing to lose out and be willing to kind of wait, right. And, and strike when the opportunity is right. Exactly. Okay, Matt. So number two, and this ties in this really ties into the last point, but number two is hold out for a tier one property. So what do we mean by a tier one property?
1: So we've talked a lot on this program in the past about tier one and tier two properties, but tier one properties are basically those properties that check. And this is sort of at a structural level, right? Check all the boxes. So it's not, uh, facing into a telephone pole. Uh, it, it, the floor plan is not wonky with uh, weird angles in which most people are going to have a hard time actually living in this space. Um, it has parking. It has outdoor space. All those things that most people want is a tier one property.
2: Okay. So, in other words, just to kind of summarize that, so you know the a, a decent view or a great outlook. Uh, a great floor plan, good outdoor space, a solid building. These are all things that create a, a tier 1 property. A good location, right? These are all tier 1 aspects. That's right. Okay. So you what would be better the, than me. So what would be the characteristics of a tier 2 property?
1: Yeah, tier 2 in a in a word, it's basically a compromise, right? Things that you're not super happy with. It doesn't have a storage locker, it doesn't have parking. Uh, there's a telephone pole right outside your balcony or outside your window that, that really messes with, the, with the, the view. Anything that people will have an objection with.
2: Yeah, okay. So an objection for resale for sure is, a, is kind of a tier two. And it's funny because what we've seen in past markets is in busy markets – tier one properties and tier two properties, even tier three properties are selling, right? They sell quickly. They often sell in multiple offers. Tier one properties almost always outperform uh, in busy markets. And they obviously outperform in soft markets. But in soft markets where stuff is sitting, that's what you want to wait for. You want to wait for something that ticks all the boxes. Don't feel rushed. Don't feel like you have to jump in and just get something. Wait for that perfect property in your price band. And you'll be happy you did when the market picks up.
1: Yeah. And I mean, not to beat a dead horse here, but the fact is, is like I said, inventory's up 20% since this time last year. There's fewer buyers. One to two properties out of every 10 are selling. So there's tier one properties right now that are sitting. And now is the time to be looking uh, for those tier ones that are sitting.
2: Right. Absolutely. So number three, Matt, don't fear the reno.
1: Don't fear the rental. This kind of ties in with looking for tier one properties. What we're finding, and Adam, I think you agree with this in this market, is people are looking for objections not to purchase property, right? So properties, it's down to, like I just said to somebody, you know, it's like before you'd overlook uh, uh, the cannon hole through the wall, um, you know, a year and a half ago. And now it's like there's a, a... paint chip gone and and suddenly ah, I'm not sure uh, this is the property for me right so those the properties that are selling are generally very well priced and they're tier one top of the line properties The stuff that is sitting is you know even even tenanted properties that are dirty but more importantly those those outdated rentals the properties that are beat up that's the stuff that is very difficult to move in this market and of course when Sellers are having trouble moving properties. That's where the opportunities are.
2: Yeah, Matt, and and really, and you and I have talked about this uh, at length. But it, it's an interesting time right now because when you have distressed properties that are sitting on the market, there's opportunities for, first of all, the the end user. And I'll just highlight what that is. I mean, if you go in there and you add value by renovating the space yourself and making good choices and then move into it, it allows you to get kind of that tier one property that you created. And you've you've also got it at a good price because you're not competing with as many people for this property type. And at the end of the day, you still end up, if you're willing to take on that renovation, with the same quality of property that you were after in the first place. So it's, it's great for end users, but it's also great right now for investors. And you know we've talked about the Burr method on the podcast uh, at length, and, and we're not gonna talk about the whole, uh, the whole process of the Burr method. You're welcome to look that up, but we will talk about kind of the buy rehab rent. There's a great opportunity for investors to go out there, buy a distressed property right now, Go in, rehab the property and fill it with a tenant and get yourself into a situation where you're cash flow neutral or even positive in a city where it's really challenging to do so.
1: Exactly. And and the other thing to point out too is you know, June and July of this year have actually picked up, right? I mean July was the second busiest month uh, of 2019, which is actually kind of staggering. So when you're buying a distressed property for rehab purposes, There's the potential, at least, uh, to turn around and sell that uh, if the market picks up and make a profit. But you want to definitely make sure that it is rentable because you want those two options uh, in this market, at least for the foreseeable future.
2: Sure. And and we should say, like in, in rising markets as well, in busier markets, and we've all seen this, like every... Tom, Dick and Harry with a tool belt is trying to buy a distressed property. Right. And you've got the, the court is full of people trying to buy, you know, the foreclosures, um, and everybody becomes a flipper in a rising market. Right now, very few people are successfully doing flips in Vancouver. It's become very challenging to do, right? So a lot of those people that were flipping have moved to the sidelines. This also creates an opportunity for the people that are still willing to get into the market and strategically target property types in submarkets with high sales ratios um, where there's opportunity still to make money. I mean, we're not talking about the same percentage gains that you used to make when the market was climbing, but you can still make a decent amount of money going in right now, buying a distressed property, making money on the buy side, and and selling at a, at a handsome profit. And Matt, just before we move on to number four, a, a side pro tip there for number three is also, if you are taking on that renovation, look for the property that you can actually add value and take an existing property in a price band and add it to the next price band. And what we mean by this is, there's actually a great episode uh, in our catalog uh, episode one forty seven with Cole Skelly and Elizabeth Milder, where yeah, we talk, one. yeah, and we talk about renovations where you can basically take a one bedroom and turn it to a two bedroom, or maybe a one and den that becomes a two bedroom property, or a one bath or one and a half bath that you can convert into a two bath. This takes a property out of a out of a price band and it elevates it into the next price band.
1: Yeah. Great point, Adam. Uh, Cole, That episode, if you haven't heard it, is definitely worth listening to where Cole and Elizabeth outline exactly how they're adding value, lifting houses over in Victoria and adding suites and taking those properties to the next price band. It's a fantastic one.
2: Yeah, for sure. For sure. So number four, Matt, is recognize a deal and ignore asking price.
1: You know, Adam, I'm surprised consistently by how many people ask me what is a percentage or the average percentage or the percentage i should be looking for to get off of an asking price to make it a deal in this market right. as if there is some sort of uh, way that people price properties that, that some metric that is used in which you know 5% under the asking price is a deal no matter what yep. i mean it's worth pointing out right a price an asking price or a pricing strategy when people are selling their places very widely and don't necessarily have any reflection of market value right
2: it's interesting i mean in 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 logical reasoning they would say that this is applying the whole to the part right where where you're taking the the entire market and assuming that you know there's this consistent strategy that that's going to you know work or 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 guide your offer on one specific property. But the reality is, and we, you know, we've talked about it at length on this show, but everybody comes up with a different pricing strategy. So yeah, if you take 5% on an overpriced listing, you might still land above actual market value. <laughs> well, well above market value. Right. And there <laughs> might be no need to take 5% off of a sharp Price, right, and this kind of ties in with this point is you still have to recognize a deal in the mark in the market that you're operating in because not everybody here is setting a really high anchor there's a lot of people that are like, You know what? I think tomorrow, maybe for example, I think tomorrow the market's down ten percent, so I'm willing to sell quickly at a loss of five percent right now or or down below market value right now and that property will sell and if you're looking at it thinking I want to take an additional 5% on that likely you're going to miss out
1: right you have to recognize a deal uh in this market for sure the flip side to that is that we're also seeing in certain markets where people are pricing something at at say 999 and and willing to sell it at 875 sure. i mean where in my mind I'm thinking okay strategically makes sense to price it at $8.99 if you're willing to sell, you know, for mid to high eights. We're seeing a lot of listings that are priced on the high side where the sellers potentially have been beat up or have come to, to the realization, but for whatever reason are not keen to lower that asking price um, where, where you have to be very aggressive and, and we've had some success, uh, approaching those overpriced listings for sure.
2: So what you're saying basically is that we need to acknowledge that some people are still being very competitively priced in this marketplace, but you also shouldn't ignore the fact that somebody might be overpriced, but willing to negotiate, uh, in Uh, pretty large percentages.
1: It seems, it seems to me, and it's, it's, depending on the interests of the seller and how and how they want to approach it but um there are people out there right now that are not keen to to price the properties where they should be to be attractive but they will be uh keen to negotiate down to that price even if the the decline from the asking price it looks incredible on paper.
2: Right, right, right. So in, in other words, though, the, the real point is, you know, ignore asking price. Don't use these kind of broad stroke uh, ideas on how to get a deal in a market. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and Matt, just before we we end point four here, I, d- I do want to say, and we've talked about this as well, it's a bit of a pet peeve, but there are people that are out there that are kind of hell-bent on getting properties below assessed value, uh, as if there's like a magical percentage below assessed value that's going to result in, in the correct market price. And the reality is, there's no way to broadly interpret that from a pricing strategy as well. It's th- The easiest way to just approach properties in this market or any market is to do a comparative market analysis on the individual property, take all things into consideration, and let that guide your offer.
1: That's right. So don't fixate on the asking price. Don't fixate on the assessed value, and recognize the deal when you find one. Sure, because it's often unrelated to either of those.
2: And I wish there were general tricks we could use because um, it would make our jobs and our lives a lot easier. To just say, yeah, you know, it's three percent below assessed value. But I think we'd uh, I think we'd find uh, people you know overpaying in a lot of cases, or potentially uh, writing offers that go nowhere.
1: Yeah, right. Point number five, think globally, buy locally.
2: Are you talking about produce, Matt?
1: <laughs> Have you tried my pears?
2: <laughs> I've heard you got a great set of pears. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But what do we mean by this Adam? In all seriousness.
2: In all seriousness, you got to think global Vancouver is a global city. That's not changing. We're a beautiful city. We operate within a lot of different contexts, the national context in a in a safe country with uh you know fiscal responsibility in a global context within the Pacific Rim with heavy hitters like San Francisco and Hong Kong and and the list goes on. So think globally, we are a very very popular city and we will continue to be so in the future. But buy local, and what we mean by that is you got to start monitoring the local trends. One thing that this shift in the market has done is it's showing us the most active price bands and also area sub areas that are that local people are buying in. So you really need to know and understand where the market is, where where are the pain points of the local market, and what I mean by that is. When you pull back and look at who's still buying and selling in real, real estate in Vancouver, a lot of the speculators have left. A lot of the investors have kind of moved to the sidelines. So it's regular people that are buying and selling real estate. So people downsizing, people upsizing because they are having families, people getting into the market for the first time, first time home buyers. And we're starting to see trends where we see certain areas that are really kind of dominating in terms of sales ratios and then also really active price bands. So this is a good time to really pay attention if you're a buyer and monitor the local trends to see which markets are going to outperform even in harder times or softer markets. And this is fantastic for someone who's investment minded um, to kind of monitor and assess investment opportunities.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think a few ideas here, right? One is that Vancouver's still a global city. That's not going to change. Uh, we operate in a national context. We also operate in the, within the Pacific Rim, within this idea of the superstar cities around the globe. Right. Uh, there's, of course, been policy shifts where we've seen a lot of that global interest wane. And I think the point here is that the local market is going to exist no matter what so it's worth really focusing in on that especially in the short term that's where uh uh, prices are holding up and and transactions are occurring but in the long term there's no denying that vancouver is a global city and it's going to remain that way but i think the point that you're making is a good one for at least the foreseeable future we're probably looking at these the local markets that are going to be remaining stable
2: Right. And, and really, and, and just, uh, again, uh, just to, to, to reinforce that, um, you know, it, it is, it is like the future of Vancouver is definitely bright, but yeah, make sure that you have offset your investment strategy within the local context.
1: That's exactly it. So there's five points.
2: So don't buy that five- $36 million home, Matt. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Cause, yeah, cause yeah. I know you're on the fence.
1: Yeah, well, I've been, you know what? I think after this conversation, I'm going to pull back.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You don't (laughs) need four uh, swimming pools.
1: Yeah, yeah. So there are are five tips for buyers in this traditionally slow month of August. And and these tips, of course, are timestamped August 2019. Sure.
2: Timestamped August 6th, where Spain's Guardia Civil just forced a man who threw a fridge off a cliff in the name of recycling to haul it back up the slope. He was also fined 45,000 euros. And uh, it is, it is, it is. That seems a bit much. It, it, it does seem like a lot of, uh, I, I don't know how many dollars that is, but um, granted, I think the euro is what? One to two?
1: Yeah, no, I think, I think that's probably like five thousand
2: dollars That's a lot of money. <laughs> that's a lot of cake. That's a lot of cake for a fridge especially considering I dumped a couch last night in Mount Pleasant and haven't seen any repercussions. No, I didn't, no, I didn't. But, uh...
1: Okay. So, so let's recap, uh, for everybody listening out there, five tips for buyers. Number one.
2: So number one is adjust your timelines. So don't think about the one to two year plan. Think about the three to five year plan, take your time and buy something yeah. that's going to accommodate you for a longer term.
1: That's right. And don't just take a weekend. Patience and time is on your side.
2: But if you want to take a weekend, give us a call.
1: (laughs) Number two, hold out for a tier one property.
2: You want the absolute best in a market like this. So, So don't just buy anything. This is the market where there's a lot of selection. You're basically shopping for a winter jacket at the beginning of fall. There's lots of selection. So buy the jacket, that best suits you or the property that best suits you and make sure it has all the bells and whistles that you want.
1: Yeah. You know what? We've always said, and it's a common saying in Vancouver real estate that buying real estate in Vancouver is is about compromises and that's increasingly less so uh, at this moment.
2: For sure. Number three, don't fear the reno. One of my favorite high school anthems. Uh, But it's, uh, yeah, in a rising market, you are now not competing with everyone with a tool belt. Uh, So it is time to buy something that's distressed, get the right deal, make money on the buy, and add your own value, whether you're planning on renting it or living in it, or even selling it. Man, love the Blue Oyster Cult reference. Well, the real fans call him BOC, Matt. (laughs) Okay,
1: okay, number four. Recognize a deal and ignore asking prices.
2: Absolutely. This is not the time to make blanket statements about value. There are deals out there. There are sellers that are pricing correctly. Seize those opportunities, but also be willing to look at overpriced listings and grind people down.
1: And last but not least, number five, think globally buy locally.
2: Absolutely, Matt. Vancouver is still very much a global city, but right now we are seeing local trends driving the market. So understand those trends and act accordingly.
1: Okay. So Adam, I'll talk to you after the music. Enjoy the music, Matt. So there you have it, folks. Adam and myself discussing five tips for buyers in this current market.
2: Are you back in the car, Matt? This is uh, this is a surprising turn of events. You went from you know driving the car strong, in the intro. There's
1: a, there's a strong car culture in Winnipeg.
2: Right, right. <laughs> oh man, they got that. They they do have that rapid transit bus system, though. That they
1: have yeah, yeah. It's not. Uh... 're not using to it. be working out. It doesn't seem to be working out so hot here. Are
2: you are you going to? Are you on your way to Grand Beach? Where are you?
1: I, we're heading. We're heading out to Gimli, Manitoba, is where the wedding takes is taking place. And and you, yeah, I'm I'm actually disappointed that you guys, you both yourself and Secret, were both invited to this wedding, but uh, but unfortunately, I guess with the new baby and you got to hold down the fort. Secret's basically holding down the fort, yeah, uh, real estate wise. So uh, yeah, me and past guest Peter Stoyakovich can. Uh,
2: can enjoy uh, unfortunately matt my next uh trip out to gimli will be for the 2020 icelandic festival um which uh is an annual event a really uh the largest icelandic community outside of iceland actually is in gimli Manitoba. that's right so uh icelanda got a gurn uh to everybody out there <laughs> what else do we got
1: what else do we got we got to give out A book this week, Vancouverism. Uh, Anyone who's been listening is probably excited to hear about this week's uh, winner. Yes. And just to remind everyone, what we're doing right now is we're looking at reviews for Vancouver Real Estate Podcast, Google reviews. We're putting everybody who does a review into a hat and we're drawing a winner who gets a signed copy of Vancouverism every week. There's a signed copy of Vancouverism given out. How you review, if you're interested, because we're undoubtedly doing this next week and potentially for weeks to come, is you go onto Google, you write in Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. On the right-hand side, you'll see our business page where you're going to want to hit review, write a review, and you immediately get entered into the draw, and you could have a book yourself, and it's a beautiful book.
2: It is a beautiful book, and it makes a great coffee table book. Or if you just want to know about the formation of the city, I was actually talking to a good friend and colleague last night who's in the middle of reading it, and uh, he is is loving it. He says he's learned a ton about Vancouver. So if you are a Vancouverite and if you're interested in this city, you really need to have a copy of this book. There's no reason you shouldn't. Absolutely.
1: There's, there's and, no and, reason you shouldn't, and where are the guys to go to. Well, yeah, Sign. especially
2: a signed copy from Larry Beasley himself.
1: So who won the book this
2: week? Well, I should say I am in the studio with Secret and he has forgot his drum set. So he is uh, working with an Amazon box. Uh, Secret drum roll. And the winner is...
1: That was actually quite impressive.
2: Yeah, yeah, not bad. Not bad. Mark Landergan. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Mark Landergan. Uh, And Mark says, uh, good show. or Sorry, great show. Very good mix of guests, and the production quality is very, very nice. And it's hard not to read that in a Borat voice, I think. The very, very nice <laughs> part, at least. Um, but we really appreciate the review, Mark. And you have a signed copy of Vancouverism coming your way by Larry Beasley. And just get in touch, shoot us an email, and we will get you that book.
1: And what else do we got before, uh, before I get to the airport here? Well, we got VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com.
2: Yes, Matt, we do with resources like private client services. And I should say, I haven't been able to pitch this tool since uh, Pete Stojakovic was uh, warming Whoa. my seat. And I, Welcome and, back. Yeah, <laughs> welcome back. So uh, yeah, Adam, give us your best shot. Well, Matt, if you're not using PCS, you are standing still while the rest of us power walk by. You get sold prices, days on market. You basically get realtor-level information at your fingertips. It's free. It's available at com, And really- it is the best resource out there for searching real estate in Vancouver. We've tried them all. This is the best tool. And why not have realtor-level information at your fingertips for free?
1: If you're shopping for Vancouver real estate without PCS, you're doing it wrong. And I don't know. I think you put Pete out of a job there. That sounded pretty good.
2: Yeah. Well, Matt, you got to beat the best to be the best. You know what they say.
1: <laughs> That's right. We also have the Live Wire over at our site. That's our weekly news update where you're going to get tips and tricks updates about episodes. we got the deal of the month. We're sending out assignments. There's no reason not to sign up for the live wire. And if you want to talk about that or anything else real estate related, give me a call 778-847-2854 or email me at matt at Podcast.com.
2: Or if you're looking to implement some of these tips that we just put out there, get in touch with me as well, 778 or adam at Podcast.com.
1: We also got that secret line.
2: Info at com. Well, enjoy the peg, Matt, and uh, we'll see you back in Vancouver soon.
1: Yeah, good to have the Baron back together.
2: Okay, take care.
0: This is for radio. Subscribe today.
1: or volunteer, and they're looking for both donations and they definitely like volunteers, that's Holyhouse.ca.
0: Vancouver needs your help. Be part of the solution.
1: We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down.